Six fewer wins last year. Is Sparty trending the wrong way, or can Mel Tucker get things turned around in a hurry? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown Big Ten. I'm Craig Scheman. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a close look at the Michigan State football team. And I think this is one of the most intriguing teams in the Big Ten this year. Disappointing season last season. Some things in place for this year. We'll see if it helps out and if they can improve. Then we'll do our game-by-game analysis of every game on the schedule and give you an honest assessment where I think this Spartan football team ends up this year. And then our Wednesday benchmark, our Big Ten power rankings. Again, no games, so no shuffling and rankings in that regard. So what we're going to do today, game day stadium atmospheres. Hang on to the end of the podcast. We'll see where your favorite team and stadium ranks there. Be sure to subscribe and follow Lockdown Big Ten for free wherever you get your podcast. That way you'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it becomes available each and every day. All right, we start things off with Mel Tucker. Good football coach, got the big contract a couple of years ago. The problem has been, you know, 2021, this team went 11 and 2. Everybody was thrilled. A little bit of problem with the pass defense. And then in 2022, just 5 and 7. And the defense was ranked 101st in the country. And the reason that's a problem is, well, first of all, Mel Tucker is a defensive-minded football coach. So he's got to get it turned around. And he's working hard, no doubt about it. A lot of transfers are coming in this year and are going to try and help out, particularly on this defense. And that's what we're going to dive into here today. Except first, as we like to do, we'll start off with the offense and what's new, what's coming in. And this team lost quarterback Peyton Thorne. Remember, he was a two-year starter, transferred out, going to play for Hugh Freeze down at Auburn this year. So they have to replace him. Noah Kim is going to be the new guy. He played in four games in 2022 and took 38 snaps. He was 14 of 19, three touchdowns. So he has a little bit of experience. In high school, Kim was really a big deal. He was 41 and 2 as a starter, and he scored 110 touchdowns in Virginia high school football. He broke his leg his junior year, and a lot of people backed off on recruiting him. So I think that may have hindered – I'm not going to say hindered his options, but less people took notice. Michigan State's got him. What I'm saying is I think maybe you have a diamond in the rough here that's going to finally get his chance. Uh, Kaiten Hauser only played six snaps last year. He's the backup. So thin at quarterback – but Noah Kim should get his chance this year to shine. He will not have his best weapon to throw to. And Keon Coleman, he left for the portal, went to Florida State, um, and he was the team's leading receiver in 2022, third-team All-Big Ten, and actually quite an athlete because he actually played six games for Tom Izzo on the basketball squad as well. So he's gone. So let's take a look at the wide receiver room and see who's coming in this year. Trey Mosley, redshirt senior, 
98 career catches, 1,176 yards. 55 of his 98 career catches were for first downs or touchdowns. So he can make big plays. And that's about a 56% clip, by the way. Uh, Montori Foster Jr. is a senior. He played in 30 games. He started four, but just 19 catches. So a little bit of familiarity and experience, but that's a guy that they need to step up a little bit. Christian Fitzpatrick played 39 snaps at wide receiver last year and also played 52 plays on special teams. So a versatile player. There's another player on the roster. If you're a Michigan State fan, you know about him. Antonio Gates Jr. is a redshirt freshman. Haven't heard a whole lot about his development, but you all, whether you're a Michigan State fan or not, you all know who his dad is, the eight-time uh, eight-time pro bowler with the Chargers, and uh, his son is on this roster. I don't know if he's going to be able to step up this year or maybe needs another year. We'll find out. It is something we will keep an eye on here on this podcast throughout the season. Let's take a look at the running back room. Jalen Berger, uh, former starter at Wisconsin, but he transferred – to East Lansing because he wanted to get more playing time, wanted to get more touches. Well, guess what? He got it. Last year, he led the Spartans in carries and yardage and added six rushing touchdowns. He can also catch the ball out of the backfield. He's very versatile. And uh, his best game last season, I think, was on that cold, uh, snowy day against the Hoosiers. He had 21 carries at 119 yards, although Michigan State did lose that game. Nathan Carter, transfer out of UConn. Got a lot of touches out there. Coming off a shoulder injury, he's the backup. And Jared Mangum, this is an interesting story. He's from Detroit, uh, went out to go play at Colorado and then South Florida, and now back to Michigan State. He's transferred around. He's bounced around a little bit. But you heard me say he was at Colorado back in 2019. Well, Mel Tucker and offensive coordinator Jay Johnson were on that staff in 2019. And so they have a little bit of familiarity with him. He comes back home to the state of Michigan. We'll see if he's comfortable. We'll see if he can contribute uh, into the running backs room here and and help out with Michigan State. Who are these guys going to be running behind? Take a look at the offensive line. Uh, Center Nick Samak, 38 career games, three-time all-academic Big Ten selection. Great, great way, a lot of experience. Smart guy sitting there at the middle of your offensive line. J.D. Duplain will be the left guard. He has experience. Start 35 games. In fact, at one point, 30 in a row. Also a two-time uh, academic All-Big Ten. So a smart offensive line. You love that up front. Brandon Baldwin, a lot of size here. 6'7", 315 pounds, five starts at left tackle last year. And Spencer Brown, 6'6", 315 pounds, started all 12 games. So the tackles, you're good. You're smart across the front. Everything really looking pretty good for this offensive line. It could be one of the strengths of this team, no doubt about it. At tight end, you got Malik Carr. And uh, remember, he transferred in from Purdue in 2021. And um, another one of these guys actually played in a basketball game for Tom Izzo in Michigan State. So another athlete there. And uh, Ty Neal Hopper transferred from Boise State. Lots of experience. This is his sixth year. So that's how the tight ends shape up. Let's now focus our attention a little bit on the defense. Struggled in places last year, but one place that will not struggle is at linebacker. Jacoby Widman, probably the best player on the entire football team. Uh, since transferring from UNLV, he has made himself at home at East Lansing. He earned multiple Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week honors last year, multiple. Uh, he can line up a defensive end or linebacker, played 455 snaps on defense and also 65 on special teams. This guy just has a motor, keeps going. 
led the country with six forced fumbles. So he's gonna if he hits you, he's gonna get you. Uh, led the Spartans with ten and a half tackles for loss as well. So he's got a great nose for the football. The Spartans are in great shape there. And also Cal Halliday, also another linebacker. He might be the second best player on the team. He was second team all Big Ten. Led the Big Ten in tackles per game at 10 tackles a game, just all over the place. If you remember back to the 2021 Peach Bowl, he was the defensive MVP of that game. And he's a two-time academic all Big Ten guy. And I, I like to point these out because I like to point out smart guys that can figure things out. But not only that, is he two-time uh, all um, two-time academic, all big 10. He's a chemistry major. That's a really smart guy right there. Right. All right. So let's look at the defensive line a little bit, by the way, uh, Deron Reynolds is the new defensive line coach. He comes in uh, from Stanford. So they made a change there. And this is a team, like I said earlier, needs to get more pressure on the quarterback. Uh, Simeon Barrow jr. Might be the third best player on the team to be honest, nine tackles for loss, four sacks last season. And did lead the team with 28 quarterback pressures. So they need uh, more of that out of him and other guys as well. Uh, uh, Tumize Adelaide, this is a kid I want you to keep an eye on. Defensive end. I'm kind of keeping an eye on him. I used to live in Katy, Texas. And he went to Tompkins High School. He was a five-star recruit. Got uh, got, uh, recruited by Texas A&M. Then 2020 happened. Sat out the COVID year. Really didn't play much, uh, only a couple of games the following year. Decided he wanted to transfer out. Comes to Michigan State. Again, there's a former five-star player from Texas. Uh, he's the one, I think he's the one you really want to watch this year. I think he can really, really uh, get his learning curve going and play some good football for the Spartans this year. Also, Dre Butler transfers in from Liberty and Auburn, a guy with 500 career snaps, a lot of experience to help out. At corner, red shirt. Uh, senior transfer, Samar Melvin, comes from Wisconsin. Played 23 games there. He's out of uh, Pembroke Pines, Florida. A lot of experience. Should help out in the secondary. So, as you notice, a lot of transfers coming in, helping out, trying to get things turned around quickly for Mel Tucker and Michigan State. couple other areas just to keep an eye on here. The punter and kicker are both brand new. Transfers. Uh, the punter is uh, Michael O'Shaughnessy. He's a transfer from Ohio State. And the kicker, Jonathan Kim, coming in from the University of North Carolina. So trying to help out on special teams as well. Now, at this point of the podcast, I always like to take a quick peek around the corner, see what's coming in. Class of 2024 rankings from uh, rankings from 24-7. They're ranked 51st, Michigan State is, out of the entire country. Ten hard commits. And by the way, they're trending upward. So that uh, the recruiting ranking is uh, getting higher and higher. In fact, they just signed a couple more guys last week. I'll tell you about Anthony DeCarey is a running back out of Tampa. He signed on June 24th. Jalen Thompson, a corner out of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He signed early, early signing period back in December. They've had him for a while. Andrew Dennis, a 6'5 linebacker from Mount Pleasant, Michigan. He signed in April. Sire Torrance, uh, a wide receiver from Syracuse, just signed on the 25th of June. And uh, Mercer Lunuski, a 6'7", 300-pound offensive tackle from Cincinnati, just signed on June 26th. So that is a look at how things stack up right now with the football team going into the season with a quick peek around the corner. We are also going to take a peek at the schedule coming up. As you know, I like to give you a game-by-game analysis of how I like the schedule. Play a little one-loss game, if you will, when we look at the schedule. Give you an honest assessment of where I think 
Michigan State will fall this year in uh, as far as their their records. So we got all that coming up. Hang tight right here on Locked On Big Ten. We are brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of a game. Those are prop bets. Uh, for those of you who may not be too familiar with it, they're fun. Um, so it's not always about wins and losses and run spreads and point spreads. And uh, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every single day. You everydayers out there, our next show will take an early look at the Rutgers football program. Like, I've been a Big Ten guy my whole life. I'm still kind of not used to Rutgers and Maryland being part. But, but they are. They're part of the Big Ten. We're going to look at and I think – Greg Schiano is like the only guy for that job. So we'll talk about them uh, in our next podcast. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, share, follow, and like Lockdown Big Ten. You see the little subscribe button down below. Just click it. You'll be good to go. All right, let's take a look at the schedule and see where we think the Spartans will, uh, how they'll do this year. They start out on a Friday night on September 1st against Central Michigan uh, under the lights, 7 p.m. Should be a nice warm-up game. Should be able to win that game. And then followed by a day late afternoon game the next week, hosting Richmond, 3.30 kickoff. Should start out 2-0. I do have some question marks about their next game. Hosting Washington, it's a 5 o'clock game. They lost last year. And for Michigan State, I would be scared of Michael Penix Jr. Had a great year last year. Indiana let him get away in the transfer portal. The guy might win the Heisman this year. And being from Indiana, he's very familiar with things at East Lansing. So it's not like he's going to be too uncomfortable in the stadium. I can, I think that could be a tough game for Michigan State. No doubt about it. The following week, they take on Maryland. That's uh, a 330 game. I think they can win that game. And then they go on the road to take on Iowa. That's closing out September. Iowa's tough at Iowa for everybody. I I would have my question marks about that game. I I think Iowa could probably win that football game. But good news is for Michigan State, after that game, it's a bye. They get ready to go play at Rutgers. Again, I think that's going to be a tough game because I think Rutgers is going to be a little better. And you know who's next? Well, you, you got Michigan next. And Michigan State doesn't want to be looking ahead too much to that game. They might. So – I, I, that asterisk, I'm gonna put an asterisk by the Rutgers game and then the Michigan game. Look, Michigan's loaded, everybody knows it. And it's a game, though, that you never take lightly because, uh, or as, as a person that's trying to predict the game, because a lot of times it's close no matter who the better team is. I do think Michigan is significantly better and will win that game. But again, look for that to even be close late. It's gonna be one of those games. And then after that, a road game at Minnesota for Michigan State. 
Question here is, are they going to be drained coming off that Michigan performance the week before? That could be a tough game. I think Michigan State can win it, but it is not going to be easy. And then the rest of their schedule, the last four, this is pretty tough. It's it's a home game uh, to open up November, November 4th against Nebraska. They're going to be improving. Matt Rule's team is going to kind of have found its way a little bit. That could be a tough one. And then at Ohio State, we all know that's going to be tough. Let's be honest. And then at Indiana, a team that uh, beat Michigan State at Michigan State in overtime last year, and they're going to be wanting to be an improved football team at this point. But uh, that one could go either way. That that one, And that will actually be a pretty good judge as to where Michigan State is as they're kind of closing out the season. If, if they're a better team that year, they, should, they, they can win that game. If not, it's going to be a tough game down in Bloomington. And then to close it out against Penn State, 7.30, Ford Field, Black Friday. Do you know that Michigan State has won three of the last four home games against Penn State? But I don't know. This isn't a home game. This is kind of a neutral site home game at Ford Field on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So when you shake it all up, bring it all together, I think best case scenario for this Michigan State football team, seven and five. I could very easily see six and six. Worst case scenario, I think five and seven. So we'll find out if they took a step forward or not. I think they're right in that sweet spot, seven to five to five and seven, and that'll be the record this year. If you want to comment on it, would love to hear from you on Twitter at TalkBig10. Also, I take comments on YouTube uh, every night, every other night or so. I like to go in there and answer some of the comments. So you can find me there. So that's a look at the schedule. Coming up. We got our weekly feature, our Big Ten Power Rankings. Again, no games, so we're not going to rank the teams just yet, but that's what we'll do during the season. Instead, we're going to look at Big Ten game day stadium atmosphere. Where does your favorite team and its stadium atmosphere rank on the list? That's all coming up on Locked On Big Ten. All right, our... Big Ten Power Rankings, the best Big Ten stadium game day atmospheres. Are you ready for this? And by the way, if you're listening to these features on uh, on the audio version on a podcast, uh, a lot of times we'll pop up some graphics and some pictures and stuff along the way. If you want to check us up on uh, check us up uh, on on YouTube, you can do that. So let's take a look. For those on uh, YouTube, we'll take a look at the video. If you're just listening on the audio podcast, we'll explain. What's going on here? And here's how we're ranking the Big Ten Top Ten Game Day Atmospheres. At number one, we're going to go with Beaver Stadium at Penn State. Penn State Nittany Lions. Look, there's no greater thing than one of their nighttime wideout games or their stripe games, whatever. they. Do. It's a fantastic place. It's a very intimidating place. So they top the Big Ten in our rankings. Again, feel free to agree or disagree either via Twitter at TalkBig10 or in the comments on YouTube. All right, I'm not going to say I weaseled out on this next one, but I got Michigan Stadium and Ohio Stadium tied for second, all right? I, look, they're both awesome. They're both just crazy fan bases, intimidating, a lot of fun. I put them a tied for second, all right? So there. Right behind them, uh, tied for fourth, Camp Randall Stadium for the Wisconsin Badgers. And Kinnick Stadium for Iowa. I, there, there are a few cooler things in college football than when they turn and wave to the Children's Hospital over in the corner of the stadium at the end of the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter. It is a fantastic atmosphere. 
All right, rounding out our list, Nebraska Cornhuskers at number six. I know a lot of you people in Nebraska are going to be mad at me for having them at six. The only game in town, uh, loyal, passionate fan base at Nebraska. They come in kind of in the middle of the pack, followed by Spartan Stadium, a team that we feature today with Michigan State. Look, I've seen some uh, Michigan State football games where they were just rocking in there. And I've seen some other bitter, cold, nasty days where it was a little quiet. I'm going to be honest. Uh, but, you know, I guess it kind of depends on the whole situation. I've seen both. Same thing with Ross Aid Stadium, but I'll I'll put Purdue at number uh, number eight. Although night games at Purdue are getting to be a thing that are pretty cool. I tied them uh, at a Memorial Stadium in Indiana. Again, not a cop out, but I can't, you know, Purdue, Indiana. Um, Indiana's uh, selling a lot more tickets these days. It's a beautiful stadium. And I know Ross Aid Stadium made some upgrades this season, uh, this offseason as well, the scoreboard and all that. So I, I'd have them tied at eight memorial stadium the other memorial stadium uh, for the illinois fighting illini i have them rounding out the top 10 in atmosphere although i think that's trending upward because they're going to have a pretty good football team uh this year and had an eight win season last year as well huntington bank stadium the minnesota golden gophers at number 11 shi stadium uh number 12 for Rutgers, a team that we'll be featuring on our next podcast Capital One Field at Maryland Stadium for the Maryland Terps. They've only been averaging about 22,000 people per home game, so they need some improvement there. And Ryan Field, uh, just, you know, outside uh, the Burbs there in Chicago, Northwestern Wildcats, they uh, – look, it's the smallest stadium. They need uh, they need a little improvement. They do. So we'll go, they're on the list at 14, and that's where they are. So anyway, that's our rankings for our Big Ten Top Ten game day uh, atmospheres for the football stadiums in the Big Ten. Hope you enjoyed that. Again, feel free to comment either way, you agree or disagree. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Big Ten your first listen every day. You everydayers, our next show, we'll take an early look at the Rutgers football team. In the meantime, we invite as many of you out there to join our club and uh, subscribe follow, listen, like, and there are many ways for you to interact with me, as I've mentioned several times, at TalkBig10 on Twitter, and also the comments on YouTube. Love to have more and more of those. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now before you go away and uh, make it your favorite podcast and use your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of Lockdown Big Ten as soon as it's available every single day. Also going to invite you now to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast for the latest on everything going on in sports. Until then, have a great day, and I thank you again for checking us out. I am Craig Scheman on Locked On Big Ten.